Hello, everybody. My name is Ayusha, and welcome to the second episode of Everything Ends in Oology. I am so excited to be here, especially since we have our, our first guest speaker. But before we get there, just a reminder to go follow our Instagram at Everything Ends in Oology. And if you haven't already, go check out the first episode where I talk about my pod, what my podcast is about and who I am. And now, without further ado, I introduced our first guest speaker, Mrs. Sheetal Patel, who is a physical therapist. So, hi, Ms. Sheetal. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, especially on short notice. Um, but can you just briefly introduce yourself for everyone who's watching? Yeah, my, so my name is Sheetal Patel. Um, I'm a pediatric physical therapist. Wow, yeah, that's that's so cool. So you uh, work with kids, right? Because you said pediatric. Yes, I do. Um, currently, what what I'm doing, I work with um, kids that are from newborns up to three years old. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so can you like just describe what like your specific department about and like what you do in your department on like an everyday basis since uh, one of the things that we're doing with this podcast is like we're showing different high schoolers all the different departments within the medical field since mm -hmm. we don't really learn about that at school it's like we learn about yeah. basic biology but there's so, like I feel like there's so many departments so like if you could just describe a little bit of what you do uh, as a physical therapist uh, as a pediatric physical therapist yeah yeah definitely so um so I was kind of in the same boat that you are when I was in high school um I didn't know much about all the other kind of departments in the hospital. Um, so I vol started volunteering at a hospital and I asked to kind of go to as many different departments as I could. Um, so when I got to the physical therapy department was where I kind of fell in love. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I loved, loved what it, what we do and, um, mm -hmm. and it kind of went from there. But, um, you know, I like to think of physical therapists as kind of, um, helping you on your road to recovery. So, you know, it's a lot of, if you're going to work with adults, let's say it might be somebody who's had an accident or an injury and you're kind of helping them recover. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what I do with pediatrics, it's a lot of, um, it's not necessarily an accident or an injury, but it's children who typically they're born with um, it could be cerebral palsy. It could be that they were premature or they have Down syndrome or, you know, something like that. And we're helping them kind of achieve all of their milestones that they should be achieving as a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and then in pediatric physical therapy, also as the kids get older, you know, you want the kids to kind of participate in all the activities that all their other peers are doing. So mm -hmm, yeah, to help them achieve those goals. That's really cool. Yeah, especially since I want to go, uh, I've known since elementary, I wanted to go into pediatrics and I want to be mm -hmm. a pediatric doctor. So it's really cool hearing those types of stories from you. Yeah. Um, so you say you are uh, your pediatric physical therapist, but like okay. we're talking about adults as well. So like just mm -hmm. out of curiosity, as a pediatric physical therapist, do you also have to work with, with adults or um, is it just like all kids like you can't focus on adults? Yeah, so it depends on where you work. Um, currently, my job, I'm actually an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I work for an agency that we solely work with kids. Oh, um, in other settings, you may like, let's say you work at a physical therapy clinic you mm -hmm. may see both adults and kids. Um, but for me, my choice was just pediatrics. Mm -hmm. um, and within physical therapy, the profession, and especially I think in pediatrics, there's lots of different settings that you can work in. So mm -hmm. you could work at a hospital, you could work at a clinic. Um, when you do pediatric therapy, you can work for the school district where you're working in the schools, helping kids. Um, you know, again, also the hospital, the clinics. Um, and what I do actually is in-home therapy. So I'm going to the kids' homes and oh, providing them really there. Cool. So that's so, like how yeah. a hospice works as well, right? Or like usually like, um, because I know I was talking to um, a hospice actually, and they were like, all their hospice patients are at home. So it's like, mm -hmm. like their volunteers and the uh, the doctors, they all go to their house where they go to the home. At, yeah. Yeah, so in pediatrics, there's, um, you know, kids and babies are most comfortable in their own home. 
they're not going to want to come to like a you know a clinic when they're in <laughs> hospital and they see yeah. doctors and you know it's scary yeah i feel like that's intimidating like i was so yeah. scared in the in like when i was younger like seeing those shots or just yeah yes. no, they're scary yeah exactly exactly so to make it you know especially for the little ones it's it's a lot more friendly mm. when we go to their home and they're in their natural environment um, yeah yeah so so you were talking about like um di- like how kids want to do activities like of like people of their other age, right? So it's mm-hmm. like what type of things do you guys do to help them um like be able to do those activities? Like are- so it it, it <laughs> depends, I guess. Like uh let's say for example, there's um, you know, a kid in middle school who wants to play basketball, mm-hmm. but you know, he he's in a wheelchair, you know, so you might help them find, let's say, a wheelchair sports league that they can do wheelchair basketball. Oh, cool. But then, you know, they need to have enough strength and stamina and mm. endurance to do all of that. So that's where we kind of might be able to help, gotcha. you know, or, you know, if their certain muscles are too weak, you might need to strengthen them or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, moving more to we can uh, I can ask more about like the um, specific things you do after but like I really want to get to the education part as well. Mm-hmm. So would, like would you able to describe like your educational pathway like um, the degrees you got and like mm-hmm. what you did in order to become a physical therapist? Yeah, so um, I got my bachelor's in biology um, yeah. from UC Irvine. Oh, that's um, really close. Yeah. Yeah, it's really close. <laughs> um, so I went to UC Irvine for biology and then um, I went to USC for um, physical therapy school. Wow, that's so cool. So after undergrad? After undergrad. Oh, okay, so yeah. um, back when I went to school, there was, <laughs> um, so it was a long time. <laughs> Actually, 20 years this year is when I graduated from. Oh, wow. Yeah, 20 years? Wow. 20 years. So I've been at, at a pediatric therapist for 20 years but that's amazing um, so when I went to grad school there were physical therapy programs that were most of them were either masters and then there were a few that were doctorate programs mm. uh, and there were still a couple that were still bachelor's programs so a bachelor's in physical therapy um, now it's all kind of shifted to all of the programs are pretty much doctorate programs mm. mm-hmm. uh, so I, the one I went to was a doctorate program. It's a three-year program, so three years after undergrad, um, and then you get your doctorate um, in physical therapy. And the, is there like I know so for like I want to go to pediatrics, like I said, so it's like four years of undergrad, four years of med school, and then like uh, two years of residency. Is there anything like that for residency, or can you just like, or do you have to get like clinical exposure or like? Yeah. So um, there's no. There's no required residency program. Okay. Um, they do have some residency programs if you know you want to specialize in a certain area. Mm. Um, but it's not, again, it's not required. So, for example, for me, I knew I wanted to go into pediatrics. Um, so once I graduated and I got my license and all of that and I got my first job, it was in pediatric therapy. Mm. Um now, having said that, <laughs> you don't you don't need a residency. You don't need any sort of extra training or specializations to do pediatrics. But um, within the you know profession of physical therapy, they do offer specializations. Mm-hmm. So specializations is after you have at least a year of experience, you can take an exam and become a specialist in that area. So. Like I took the exam for pediatrics, so I'm a pediatric certified specialist. Gotcha. So that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not necessary. You can still do pediatric therapy without it, but if you kind of want that extra specialization, you can you can get it. Um, In in physical therapy school, when you do your internships as a part Mm -hmm. of your school, um, at least when I at my school at USC, that's how Mm -hmm. it was your internships in different settings so mm-hmm. even though I knew I wanted to do pediatrics they wouldn't let me just do all pediatric rotations I had to do one in the hospital one at like an orthopedic or a sports clinic you know 
So you have to do, do them in different settings so that you mm, kind of yeah. get experience in all of the areas. Yeah. 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 So, I feel like that's important because like uh want like being an intern at Kaiser this year, I just see like so many departments and it's like there's so many things I don't know. And I feel like everything's like interconnected though. So it's like especially working in a hospital setting, you kind of need to know like everything within the yeah. hospital. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, like talk Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. There, there's okay. a lot of a lot of different departments at the hospital, and um, I used to work at a hospital, and it's Ooh. it's crazy how many different people are involved in one person's care. Yeah, but is... you all have to work together and mm -hmm. kind of know what each other's roles are, um, you know, in order to provide the best mm -hmm. care for that patient. Yeah. So like you said, you were worked at a hospital, you've like um, done internships at clinics and you um, basically like, what's the difference like between working at a hospital and working at a clinic? Like, is there like a difference or is it like the same thing? It, a lot of it is similar. The, the kind of core of it is the mm. same of what you're going to do. But usually at a hospital, you know, you have patients that are a little more um, medically, there's something going on with them. So you know, a lot of times for, for physical therapists that, that they've just had a surgery or an injury. Mm -hmm. or so, you know, they might still be, you know, hooked up to, to IVs and things like that. Or, you know, we even, PTs even go into the ICU when you have a patient that's on a vent and, you know, you're still trying to help them. So mm -hmm. in the hospital setting, you see a little bit more of that versus at the clinic setting, you know, these are patients that come in and out on their own, they're coming from home. So they, they don't have that acute kind of medical yeah. that rehabilitation to get them back to doing what they were doing mm. before they had that or whatever <laughs> the case yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so moving on to like the next part, it's like, how did you know that like you, you were meant for the medical field? Like you wanted to go into the medical field since my story, like, like that I knew, like I wanted to be going, uh, going to pediatrics. It's because uh, most people know this about me now because I say it a lot. Like before I was like, it's so dumb. And I didn't, I used to be like, like ashamed of it, but I swallowed a quarter in sec second grade uh -huh. and by accident while eating Doritos and playing like a Pokemon card game because you need a coin. And then uh -huh. I swallowed a quarter and then I was uh -huh. in the hospital for 12 hours because they had to like wait for the food to digest and stuff. And oh it was like, goodness. it was really cool to me though, being in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, I know I want to go in the medical field after that. But it's like, yeah. was there like, um, like, how did you know that you, that like you wanted to go into this field? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, typical Indian family, you have oh, okay. to be a doctor, a pharmacist, <laughs> a lawyer, right? One yeah. of those. So my sister, my old, my sister's older than me. She took the doctor thing. So <laughs> oh, okay. So I had to find something else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I always kind of knew I wanted to do something that, and be helping people mm. um like you know I didn't want a job like a desk job or you know something like that I wanted yeah. to be you know interacting with people on a daily basis um and you know I started kind of in high school looking around at different things and I started volunteering at the hospital and it, mm -hmm. it appealed to me um just that you know the healthcare kind of environment um and then I settled on PT. Like I said, I had volunteered at several different departments. And with physical therapy, it was, you know, I felt like I'm helping helping people on their way to recovery mm -hmm. versus, you know, some of the other professions. You see a lot of the, I don't want to say negative or sad parts, but you do see a lot of, yeah. you know, a harder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so PT for me was a little more positive, maybe. Yeah if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. Like yesterday I was at the hospital and um, they have a chaplain there. And mm -hmm. basically a, uh, there was a little infant that died in the, in, um, mm -hmm. that died yesterday. Yeah. And it was like really, it was really, really sad. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's really like, it's really hard being in that environment. Like it's like every, it's just like the whole mood is just, yeah. I feel like it's really hard to deal with and it's like yeah. some, you have to you have to be able to like get through that because especially in the medical field since you're gonna you're if you work in that type of area you're gonna see that really frequently so right. yeah right and and not to say with physical therapy you don't see yeah, things yeah. that are hard or difficult mm -hmm. or sad but it's just not it's not on a daily basis maybe like yeah. you would in the hospital yeah I know what you're saying yeah 
Um, so like go going back to like the education and things like that, was there like any time where you like doubted yourself or like you were like, I don't know if I can do this or oh yeah. <laughs> many, many, many times. <laughs> many times. Um so I so I like I said, I went to UC Irvine for undergrad mm -hmm. and I did pick biology as my major. And mm -hmm. I wish I had sort of in high school had a better idea of exactly what I wanted to do and like what the prerequisite requirements would be mm -hmm. for physical therapy school. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it turned out that UC Irvine didn't offer a couple of the classes that I would need. Oh. Um, like at, at least at that time at Irvine, it was just like biology. There was no <laughs> types of biology or you know physiology or this or yeah. that or anything major or minor in mm -hmm. and so it made it a little challenging for me in college because then I had to seek out some of those prerequisites at you know at a community college oh, okay. or somewhere else mm -hmm. um, so that part was a little challenging and then uh physical therapy school is challenging yeah, <laughs> it, it's you know it's a packed schedule yeah <laughs> from like 7 a.m to 7 p.m every day pretty much you know back to back with classes and labs and you know and you're studying all weekend long and you know uh, so there's of course there's times where you it's mm -hmm. overwhelming you know yeah. but but usually you form a good you know kind of bond with your classmates and mm -hmm. kind of all in it together and and you get through it one way or another you know yeah um, so really so important you, question, actually. How much yeah. sleep did you get in physical therapy school? <laughs> I, I, gosh, I don't remember. Probably not very much. But, <laughs> you know, like probably I got like six hours, you know, minimum every oh. night kind of thing. Um, I also worked part time while I was in, oh, oh in yeah, that must have been difficult. College and PT school, so it was, you know, they recommend in PT school not to work, but. I still was working part-time, so it was a little more on my as, as well as doing uh, volunteering and internships and all of that as well? Yeah, so like oh, the internships wow. are part of your, um, you know, Monday through Friday class. Oh, oh okay, got you. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so certain semesters they have um, are the internships that are part of your like, schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and then I usually worked just on weekends or, oops, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, like I would work every other weekend. Type of thing. Um, oh, okay. So it didn't really interfere interfere with the school schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but it did interfere a little bit with the sleep schedule. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I'm not excited for. Yeah. Like, even yeah. right now, we're. I feel like I'm. I need more sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like when, when once we get there, it's gonna be so much more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get through it. We'll get through. You it. get through it one way or another. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving back to like more to, uh, what you do on a daily basis, like what's mm -hmm. your typical schedule, like inside, outside of like what, like, so like inside the clinic and then like, how mm -hmm. do you like, basically like, how do you manage your work family life? Since I feel like that's something that's really difficult, yeah. um, to do. So like, how do you manage that? So this might be kind of a long answer here. I'm going to give you mm -hmm. like two versions of the answer. Okay, okay. Um, so like I said, I'm an independent contractor, um, I work part-time and I set my own schedule. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, right now in the summer when my kids are home from school, I don't work as much because, yeah. you know, I want to be home with them or we want to go do something or yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, and then during the school year, I kind of pick up extra work and it, and it all kind of averages out. Okay. Um, so like I said, that's, that's for me because I work part-time. So I still have, feel like I have that time with, with my kids and with the family and mm -hmm. I can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, the, I guess the second kind of part to the answer is, you know, my previous job, um, I was working kind of at a clinic and it was full time and you were there like seven to four 30 every day. And, you know, that, that was a lot more challenging to mm -hmm. have that like work life balance because you're, you're at the clinic all day and then yeah. you're tired and you have to cook dinner and spend time with your kids and blah, 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 and, you know, kind of get everything done. So that part was a little more challenging when mm -hmm. I was working full time and just at the clinic. But, you know, it, there's, 
like I said, in PC, there's a lot of different options of different settings you can work in depending on kind of what you want, you know. Um, if you're gung-ho, like, PT is my life, and <laughs> you can open up your own clinic and spend, like, hours and hours and hours there, if that's what you want, that's an option, you know. But if you're like me and you maybe want to work part-time for a little while, you know, if you have kids and whatever, that's an option, you know. Mm -hmm. You can work at a hospital where you have a, maybe your schedule might change every week if you're kind of more go with the flow type of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you make that switch from like the clinic to being an independent contractor? Um, so I was, I was actually working with this agency while I was still working at the clinic full time. So oh, okay. just very like, I would take one or two clients here or there. So I already kind of, um, you know, have been working with the agency before, but uh -huh. after having kids, I felt like I wanted to be home a little bit more with them. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, at the clinic, it was a full time only, like there was no part time option mm -hmm. um, where I was working previously. So with this as an independent contractor, I can, you know, dictate my own hours. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like super flexible and. Yeah. So, like, now, like, uh, now, how often do you, like, uh, or, like, on a date, like, how many hours do you work, like, a week, maybe? Uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it just depends. It varies, you know. Uh -huh. it, my, what I do currently, it's based on referrals that I get from this agency. So, there, oh, okay. um, there are some months where, you know, I'm working maybe 30 hours a week. Um, and then there are some months where I'm, like, 15 hours a week you know oh, okay. so it it fluctuates a lot mm -hmm. uh, and like I said during the the school year I tend to pick up more so those few months out of the year it's probably maybe in the 20 to 30 hour mm -hmm. range and then right now in the summer you know like this week it's probably five or six hours only you know just because <laughs> yeah. that's the way it kind of worked out but mm -hmm. um yeah so it, you know it's a lot of if you're looking at like finances and stuff like that, you have to be able to manage that, right? Like I'm not getting the same income every month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to be able to kind of figure that out and manage and plan and all of that stuff. So yeah. I feel like being I mean, an it's worth it. Yeah, I can yeah, I feel like being an independent contractor, especially after having kids, it makes that a lot easier. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um so um I actually wanted to ask more about like patients, like what type of like patients do you see the most? Like, uh, I know you're talking about like specific people you see, but it's like, is there like a specific, like specific kids that you see like the most? Um, physical therapy? Like, meaning, physical. like a specific diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. In, in this age group that I'm working in now, this mm -hmm. zero to three age group, Oh, you're working to zero to three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, oh. newborn to three. Oh. So, uh, honestly, at this age, a lot of times there's no diagnosis. Uh -huh. They just say the child has developmental delay, mm -hmm. which means there's some delays of, you know, some sort in their development. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times a diagnosis comes there um, when they're, like, closer to three years old. Um, a lot of times it's just, Nobody really knows why, but, you know, for example, let's say the child's not walking. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be walking by that age, but they're not walking. And there's no medical reason. There's no diagnosis, but they just can't walk mm -hmm. yet. So that's probably a majority of what I do. Um, um, but, you know, it can range from something like that to, you know, I have a little girl who has a lot of medical issues going on like renal complications on the kidney transplant mm. and, you know all this other stuff going on so it, if there's if there's no diagnosis does it like mm -hmm. make your job a lot harder or is it like yes and no um i think you just kind of have to look at you know even with a diagnosis you have to look at each patient as an individual Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times there'll be a diagnosis, but then that, that child will not, you know, demonstrate those things that typically go with that diagnosis, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the diagnosis helps 
definitely with with certain you know yeah. characteristics let's say but mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when there's no diagnosis it's yeah it can be a little more challenging, <laughs> yeah. you know and it well i think especially because a lot of times the parents are asking oh, oh yeah. why can't my child walk you know mm -hmm. and it, if there is a diagnosis you can say oh well they have blah 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 you know mm -hmm. It was a genetic thing or whatever, but if there's no diagnosis, then then yeah, it makes it <laughs> it's hard. It's a lot harder on the parents. I think. Yeah, I can see. Oh, mm -hmm. so like, if you're able to share, like, do you is there like a like a really like memorable patient interaction you've had in, the, in your 20 years? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I, um, I there there's two actually. Um, Ooh, okay. So there, and these are from my early days when I used to work at the hospital. Oh, okay. um, I just remember there was this one, um, one older lady um, and she was there. Her husband was like at her bedside the whole time. I had seen her a few times, you know, for her therapy. Um, and th this is when I used to work like the every other weekend. Type mm. of thing. So I had seen her and then, you know, the weekend was done and, um, you know, somebody else saw her while I wasn't working, but then I came back and she remembered me and she was mm -hmm. like, you know, she was just so happy to see me. And um, she even made the, like, she used to knit. So she made me this little. Oh, that's so cute. Something to put on the wall. And, you know, it, it just showed me like how much one person can affect somebody else's life. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, um, a few days later, she actually passed away. Oh. Um, so, but, it, you know, it was just happy for me to see that I actually, you know, brought some joy to her life and her those last days, you know. You know, I don't, I don't remember the specifics of her medical diagnosis or kind mm -hmm. of what happened. Well, I don't remember those details, but. Yeah, no, but I feel like seeing firsthand, like, the people smile like the people that you're working with and then seeing the yes. smiles on their faces it really just makes your day like yes yeah exactly and that's you know that's the reason for for doing what I do in yeah. my profession you know mm -hmm. um the second one <laughs> the second one that I'll bring up is is a funny one uh, <laughs> uh I have a lady who um it was actually in the hospital and there were like two people sharing the room uh -huh. and they both, they both spoke Spanish and um, they were talking to me in English. And then the one lady try, is trying to tell me something in Spanish. Uh -huh. And at that time I didn't speak Spanish. So. Oh, but you speak Spanish now? I do. Oh, that's so cool. So I you learned, you learned after school. I learned Spanish like on the job. That is so, so cool. I, I, of course, took French in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I took Chinese something. <laughs> Chinese might be useful, like, depending yeah. on what part of Southern California yeah. you're in. But yeah, but French. French, <laughs> not useful at all. But, um, yeah, I never took Spanish in school. Uh, but on the job, there's a lot of Spanish-speaking families out there. Yeah. You know, you're, I'm if I'm in the home with them, there's nobody else that speaks English. I have to figure it out somehow, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, did you learn from patient interactions, or did you actually learn by like taking a class or something? Nope. Patient interactions. Um, you know, some some of the parents kind of spoke both, so then they oh, would they so would like kind of English. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I had a couple friends who spoke Spanish, so then I'd call them and be like, "Hey, how do you say, you know, car, <laughs> you know?" And then just practice. Yeah. You know, practice, practice, practice. Um, but. So going back to the story, the, the patient was trying to tell me something in Spanish and she's like, oh, you know, um, it's one of those things that doesn't translate well into English. And she's like, oh, you don't speak Spanish? Oh, these days, they don't learn their language. <laughs> like, went off on me about not learning my culture and my language. And I just turned to her and I said, actually, I'm from India. And she's just that shocked look on her face you know but I was like no I'm not from Mexico or I'm not his <laughs> but it was she was very shocked to learn that I was not you know I, that I was Indian and I was like and actually I speak two Indian languages <laughs> so, you know. 
That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's also like something that's really important, like learning how to speak Spanish, especially yes. in the healthcare field. Like, yeah. because when I, when I was, we're allowed to take, like, you know how basically our high school classes count for college? For, yes. uh, for language, we can start from eighth grade. So uh-huh. when I signed up for Spanish in eighth grade, you know, I didn't, there were so many people, so I didn't get in. So I took Chinese okay. one and I just uh-huh. ended up, I did really well. So then I just continued on and then I, yeah, I didn't switch to Spanish. So I yeah. completed my four years this past uh, junior year. Okay. Uh, it's like, yeah, I do also want to take Spanish. So it's like, I know I'll have the opportunity in college, but yeah. maybe if I yeah. can do a college class or something, because I know how important it is. It, it's important. And I mean, I learned, like I said, I learned on the job and whatever, <laughs> but my Spanish isn't great. Like it's conversational and mostly mm. like physical therapy conversational. Like uh-huh. if I went to Mexico and I wanted to talk to somebody, I'd have a little bit of a hard time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely I think a class yeah. at some point in time of Spanish would be good. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be good. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, in the, like, so you've been working physical therapy for 20 years, so it's like, mm-hmm. has, in that past 20 years, I mean, there's been so much that's changing, so it's like, has anything changed within the field of physical therapy, and, like, have you had to, like, keep up with those changes? Yeah, um, I don't think any, like, major, major changes, uh-huh. there's always, you know, new research or, um, things like that that come out, mm-hmm. So we're re- actually required to do 30 hours of continuing education oh, okay. uh, every two years, every time we renew our license, mm-hmm. um, 30 hours minimum continuing education. So those are classes like they offer them, um, depending on where you work, sometimes like they'll offer them at a hospital, let's say, um, sometimes it's, um, you know, like a private company that does classes or something mm-hmm. like that, but. Um, so we are required to sort of keep up with what's the newest kind of things that are going on. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we you know we have to keep up in that in that sense. Um, we have mm-hmm. to have our um, so just like more like more just keeping up with the research, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. basically um, oh, okay. research and like maybe new new treatment techniques or stuff like that that has come out or um you know it can just be something uh like you just want more knowledge on a certain certain subject or a certain treatment type or something like that Mm -hmm. this you just brought up techniques and i just thought of something so you work with um zero to three year olds right now so it's like Mm -hmm. is most of like what you have to do just like helping them walk or is there like, or like, do you have to use something to do that? Or it's like, are there any tools that you have to use? Um, mostly toys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the tools for us. Um, <laughs> it, it all depends on um, why they can't walk, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not just walking. That's probably the, the, the major thing yeah, that yeah. most parents are kind of worried about. But, you know, some of the kids, let's say it's like a, a three-month-old, you know, we're helping them figure out how to roll and how to crawl and how to sit up and all of those things. Um, in, in this really little age group, there's not a lot of other tools we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, um, do you know what um, kinesio tape is? Oh, I've um, so you may have seen some athletes, like they'll have uh, oh, tape on oh, their shoulder, oh, yeah, tape yeah. on their knee or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so sometimes we may use uh taping uh as a tool uh other than that in this age group not so much as they get a little bit older um there are different things like electrical stimulation that we might Mm -hmm. use or you know different kind of exercise type of machines or or things like that so like but sorry definitely um in the adult kind of population there's a lot more you know you have an ultrasound machine or a tons unit or e-spam or there's lots of different uh, Mm -hmm. tools with the adults that you can use so like with the so you said like using uh, baby toys and things like that so is is that like getting their attention and like maybe trying to get them like crawl to the toy or is that okay okay. usually usually yes um sometimes it depends on what it is um you might like if i'm 
trying to strengthen their crawling, let's say, or strengthen some muscles, I might have them crawl mm -hmm. over or under or through something. Um, actually, I use a yoga ball a lot. Oh. Um, and you put the baby on the yoga ball and <laughs> move it in different ways and it helps them with the strength and their balance. And mm -hmm. most parents look at me like I'm crazy when I put their baby on top of a yo giant yoga ball. <laughs> but I know what I'm doing, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was like, when I was, when I think of physical therapists, and I think when most people think of physical therapists, they think of like people who've gone through like an injury or something, yeah. and then yeah. like old, older people, like I just yeah. like seeing that you work with zero to three year olds, is that something like that's like really new to me? That's like, I didn't really think of that. Yeah. And to be honest, most people have no idea that babies need physical therapy yeah. or kids need physical therapy. Anytime I, like a, if I meet somebody new and they say, oh, what do you do? And I say, I'm a, a physical therapist. There, the first response is usually like, "Oh, I have this, you know, shoulder problem, or I have this backache." Like, <laughs> and I, I, my response is always like, mm, "I could try, but I wouldn't be any good because, like, babies and adults, are, you yeah, know, yeah. what you do is so different." I'm like, I haven't seen an adult patient in 20 years, so <laughs> I'm not going to be much help to you, you know. Uh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> um. So, like, in the physical therapy area, like, what do you think the biggest challenge is, like, in physical therapy? I don't know if there really is one. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of thinking about that question. Um, well, it, it is, I'll say it is challenging to get into physical therapy school. It always has been. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, so many applicants and only so many spots. Um, mm -hmm it's very competitive, very competitive to get in. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that's probably a big challenge. Once once you've gotten into PT school, obviously it's challenging to complete the program yeah. and all of that stuff. But, you know, after that, I think it's, it's pretty good. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, there's lots of different routes you could go with your physical therapy career. Mm -hmm. You know, like even if you wanted to go into teaching, you could do that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so many different ways you can go after that, but just having that hurdle of getting in. Yeah, uh, no, I and, and see that. A, there's a lot of requirements mm -hmm. um, in PT school, you know, like certain number of hours of um, like volunteer work or internships or, you know, along with all the classes and everything mm -hmm. else. So I know now compared to when I applied to school to now, there's a lot more a lot more requirements it's a, a little yeah. more challenging it seems mm. like but i would say that's probably one of the biggest sort of hurdles you might uh -huh. yeah no i agree i feel like i mean okay when i bring it up to my my dad like i say things are a lot more competitive nowadays than back 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 when his day he doesn't agree but i think everything's so much more competitive now and like yeah. especially like we're um like college applications most of them just opened up august 1st which was mm -hmm. yesterday and uh, it's like, I feel like each year just gets more and more competitive. Like the UCs this year, uh, this past year, a lot of people, like, it was really hard for a lot of people to get in, especially I go to Whitney's and it's like one mm -hmm. of the best schools in the, con yeah. uh, in the country and in the, yeah. in the state. So it's like a lot of people didn't even get in from my school. So it's like, things are just getting more and more competitive. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's what it seems like from, from all the kind of college age kids that <laughs> you're from that it's it's a lot, it does seem to be more challenging Yeah. than when we went to school. <laughs> Not saying you guys didn't go through struggles or no, anything. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it was challenging in it, in its own way. Yeah. You know, like, we also didn't have all the resources you guys yeah, have yeah, yeah, exactly. nowadays to mm -hmm. kind of get to that other level, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. It's just a different kind of challenge. Right? <laughs> and then when you see the acceptance rates and like the med school accept acceptance rates are like 1% is so, uh -huh. so low. And it's like, yeah. that's, I don't know. That's, that's a scary. It, like, it is scary. Like you it, work your I, whole way in under, like undergrad, do four yeah. years, and then you don't get into med school after that. I feel like that's so demoralizing. Yeah, that, that is challenging. And, you know, I know a couple people who, who did that and they didn't get into med school and then they ended up going a different route um, yeah like pa pa school or just doing something else you know yeah. so it's it's sad 
you mm. know if, if that was truly their dream to go to med school and then yeah. that didn't happen you know but but I think you also need to kind of learn to be flexible too, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's if that's not meant to be or or whatever for whatever reason then you know yeah always think, a good idea to sort of have a backup plan yeah I think that sort of thing just like opens your eyes to like everything else that you can do I feel like yeah it keeps you open-minded right yeah um so we're we're talking about physical therapy here but is there is there like another field that maybe you were interested in or are you like debating like whether you should do that or not or is it like physical therapy was always like that's what I want to do and I'm sticking to it yeah I mean I was very undecided until, uh-huh. until I started undergrad um but once you know it was like I said it was in healthcare in general mm-hmm. and I was always leaning towards the physical therapy but I don't think there was anything that was really a close second. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like occupational therapy, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I didn't have a, mm-hmm. a second kind of, at least not in, not in healthcare. Mm. So like, I mean, I know there's like, I know a lot of people that are actually don't know what they want to do. And they're mm-hmm. most like, maybe they like know a field that they want to go into, but they don't know like what actual career they want to do. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the same thing with you where like you knew you mm-hmm. wanted to go into medicine. So was that like difficult for you? Or was it like not that bad going into undergrad and then deciding what like career you wanted to follow in undergrad? Um, a little bit of both. I think I, I went into undergrad um, as an undecided or an undeclared major. Oh, okay. uh, so with that major, I was able to take classes in different areas, mm-hmm. um, at, at least at UCI when I was going to school, how it was, was like, let's say, for example, if I had gone in as a biology major, mm-hmm. I'd have to kind of stick with that course of certain biology classes, you know, like you kind of follow their little schedule, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. you're then not able to take certain other classes. Like I took a business class when I was a freshman which I might oh. not have been able to if I was a biologist. Oh, okay. That's know? interesting. Um, so I think in that sense, it was good because I got to, I, you know, I took a psychology class. I mm-hmm. took, you know, I took all these different classes to sort of get an idea of what all these different fields are mm-hmm. about a little bit. So I think in that sense, it was good because mm-hmm. otherwise I wouldn't have gotten those, you know, gotten to learn about those yeah. fields. That's so, uh, you know, again, it depends on the, what school you're going to and how they kind of structure things, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but on the other hand, I feel like if I did know for sure that I wanted to go to PT school, then I could have kind of planned ahead and taken all those classes that I needed. Oh. Especially like those couple that I said that UC Irvine didn't even offer yeah. at that time. Maybe I would have chosen a different school to go to that mm-hmm. offered everything I needed, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, so did that like add an extra year for you like taking those classes or you just do it during during I did I did one in a summer and then oh okay I did one I did during during undergrad so there's there's a community college in Irvine so oh okay okay oh UCI has a community college in Irvine, it's called oh 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 yeah Irvine City College or oh okay okay Irvine City College so, um, so like twice a week, I'd go there for that oh. class, you know, and still have my regular classes. So, oh, okay. it, you know, it's challenging to kind of <laughs> manage all of that, but yeah, I didn't want to add on or wait another year just for like two, two more classes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, an, act, an extra year for, yeah, no, that would have been, yeah. <laughs> Especially the medical field is one where it's like, there's a lot more years of education other than like computer science or things like that where you yeah. can just like go straight to your career after undergrad so it's like yeah you want to make sure that you can get there as like soon as possible soon so. as possible exactly. yeah yeah so you were talking about occupational therapists as well so like I wanted to ask you is there like a difference between the two mm-hmm. so occupational therapy is more um it kind of gets you back to your occupation mm-hmm. so um you know let's say somebody had a, a shoulder injury, a physical therapy, physical therapist might help get their shoulder back to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. But let's say then, um, you know, they operate some machinery as a part of their job. 
you know, an occupational therapist may help them be able to use that shoulder again for that job. Oh, okay. Uh, if that so kind like, of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, suppose, like, a football person gets injured, right? Mm -hmm. like a football player gets injured. Would they go to an occupational therapist? It, or... it depends. Um, you can also kind of think of, and this is a very, like, vague generalization, mm -hmm. but um, occupational therapists a lot more deal with um, or help rehabilitate things that you do with your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and like activities of daily living. So like feeding yourself, buttoning your buttons, brushing your teeth, oh, okay. your shoes, you know, things that you kind of need to do on an everyday sort of basis. Mm -hmm. um, so a football player, for example, it depends on what they injured. Like if they injured their knee, they're going to see a physical therapist. Uh, now with something specific, like with their, a hand injury, they might see an occupational therapist. Okay. But there, there's a lot of overlap. So uh -huh like one of the specialties in physical therapy is hand therapy. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, there's a lot of overlap. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're working in pediatrics, and uh, it, depending on the age of the child, if the child is less than one years old, either a PT or an OT can see that child for the exact same thing. Oh, okay. So definitely a lot of overlap. Mm, that makes sense. So last thing I just wanted to ask you is like, do you have advice for like any incoming high schoolers like that want to take the physical therapy route? Is there like anything that you would want to tell them? Um, I think if you know for sure you want to go into physical therapy, um, just kind of start looking up what the prerequisites are, what the requirements are, and just sort of start planning for it. Um, because I, we've talked about it, there's a lot of requirements, a lot of prerequisites, and I think the more, you know, I'm a, I'm a very, like, organized, scheduled <laughs> person, so, but I think in this situation, it helps because, you know, some of these classes, you know, you have to take part A before you can take part B or something, mm -hmm. you know, something like that, and yeah. the requirement yeah. is to have both or only one or whatever it may be, but sort of pre-planning that and also choosing your university based on what they offer. So if you know you want to go to PT school, make sure that your undergrad university offers all those classes that you're going to need. Mm -hmm. So, and, and if you're undecided like I was, <laughs> you know, kind of research the university that you, universities you're applying to and that you might want to go to and make sure they have kind of a good mix of all of those different classes so that if you want to do PT or let's say you want to do pharmacy or something else in healthcare, you know, a lot of those classes are similar of what you have to take for mm -hmm. a lot of the healthcare professions. So, you know, choose, choose a school where you, you can have a variety of, mm -hmm. of things to learn from. So uh, one, one other thing I just like thought, thought of, um, you, do you wish that you put your uh, major as biology back in high school? Because you were talking about like business classes you were able to take because you mm -hmm. didn't. So it was like, oh, do you wish that you did? Or like, are you happy no, with the choice you made? I, I'm happy with the choice I made. And, you know, I also talk to some, you know, like friends, kids or cousins or whoever mm. that are going to college and they're undecided. And I always mm. tell them, that's fine. You're not mm -hmm. in a rush to figure it out. You know, yeah. it. I feel like it's good to go in undecided and kind of have kind of like an open mind about things. Yeah. You know, um, I I was still able to finish my undergrad in four years. I think if you take too long to decide, yeah. you might not be able to finish your undergrad in that four year kind of time frame. Yeah. Just because then you don't have enough time to take all those required classes for your major. Mm -hmm. um, Luckily for me, I kind of squeezed it in and made it all work, and it, you know, it worked out okay. But mm -hmm. um, I think it's perfectly fine to go. Yeah, I feel like there's just that. Yeah. yeah, there's like that stigma, like where people have to be decided by like a like by high school, it's just so that like they they that's how they can be successful. But it's like in our first two years of undergrad, most of our classes just like GEs, so it's like. Yeah. I feel like you still have time to decide. The only thing is that it, it might be like harder to get into like the, if you the school that you want to go to like mm -hmm. um, 
like like because you each school university has like their individual schools like one's for science one's for business right. things like that so if it's like a really competitive school and then there's all the spots are already filled up I feel like that's the only difficult yeah. part but it's like yeah. I feel like this is it's so negative where people are like you have to have it figured out and then some people are just like pressured even though they don't know what they want to do so yeah yeah and I I think that's worse to feel pressured and just kind of pick something mm-hmm. and then you might get stuck in that for your whole undergrad yeah. you know for four years of undergrad when you might have wanted something different you know mm-hmm. so I me personally I feel like it's better to go in undecided and mm-hmm. then you know, yeah. look around, see what's out there and then figure it out versus kind of get getting stuck in something that. Yeah, I completely agree. Like not getting stuck and then like being in a job that you feel like you don't enjoy. I feel like that's uh, like as time keeps going on, you're just going to not like it more and more. And yeah, yeah absolutely. that's not the route to go, I feel like. But no. yeah, um, I think that's all I have. And that's all I wanted to ask you. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No. Um... I think this this podcast was great. I wish I was around when I was in grade school. <laughs> might have helped me, you know, kind of figure out what direction I want to go in. Yeah, no, yeah, that's the whole purpose of it. It's like I saw so many departments a couple months ago, and I'm like, I really want to make sure other people are able to see all the different things in the healthcare field. There's so yeah. much. But there, yeah. there is a lot, and you know, you have you have a great opportunity at Kaiser. To do yeah. I'm sure for a lot of others that don't mm. have an opportunity like that and can't see yeah. those departments firsthand, something like this is great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. And thank yeah. you so much for being on the podcast, especially being the first one on. Was, <laughs> I know those nerves kind of kicked in the yeah. beginning, but it was it was really great talking to you. Yes, you yeah. too. Thank you yeah. for having me. Thank you so much. And for everyone, uh, be sure to go uh, check out my Instagram once more at everything ends in oology and be ready for the next episode, which will be coming out soon. Thank you so much. Bye bye, everyone.